revolutionary talk for revolutionary times. Promoting peace, liberty, and prosperity around the clock. LibertyTalk.fm. Good morning. Welcome to Medicine on Call. This is Dr. George, and today I have a very special guest, Reverend Matthew Cummings. I met him at the Red Pill Expo um, a couple of months ago, and listening to his testimony, listening to his uh, presentation, was really an enlightening and, and I think a life-changing experience. It was just so passionate, such, you know, it was chock full of information, and it was somebody's personal journey. You know, we're listening to people talk at us all day on TV, on the radio. If you have, if you're following any of the stuff that's going on in our society now, it's 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 confusing. I think it is soul sapping in a sense, and I think we really need, as I said last week, remove our emotions from this situation and really listen to each other and learn and and take a step back to see how all of us are really being manipulated and pushed into uh, down a path that we're not sure we want to go. I think last week it was really enlightening about the socialist mentality. But Reverend Cummings comes at this from a very personal perspective, and I think we need to listen to it. Uh, Reverend, thank you so much for coming on today. I really appreciate having you on so early in the morning. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. George. Well, I don't want to take away anything from your present from your your presentation, if you want to put it that way. So, tell us a little bit about yourself. You're you're a Reverend. You're in Washington State, correct? Yes, I am. And how did you come to to move from being uh, someone work, working down or moving down the socialist path to becoming a conservative? Well, that's a, a, a good uh, question. I, I, you know, I would I would probably say even more, but um, uh, uh, it came in regard to uh, my mom's teaching, and uh, as far as a. A, uh, a Christian, and uh, how um, she always encouraged me to uh, uh, be very uh, uh, don't respond right away to things, but be very, uh, I would say, um, uh, uh, looking at a situation in its entirety. Mm-hmm. Um, my story goes like this, and. Um, 1968. My mom was uh, studying at the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And uh, at that time, I was six years old. And um, there uh, became a place where uh, a number of uh, educational students were looking to befriend uh, not just a number of people, but they were looking specifically for uh, people of color, people who were minority. And uh, my mom and dad had just divorced two years earlier. And uh, so this was a perfect opportunity for them to look to recruit someone who was black and uh, uh, specifically a single black female. That's what they were looking for. And so um, uh, that... uh, brought forth uh, a relationship between my mother and a woman named Diane Auden, uh, who uh, was 
in the master's program at U of M, and they were discussing about a new school, and that school uh, ended up being called Children's Community School. It was a, a precursor to the public school system. In fact, uh, a lot of what uh, Head Start would, is for today for a number of uh, low-income uh, children. This school they were promising would be for uh, me as far as to get ready for the public school system. Uh, Diane on came, recruited me, and uh, in a nutshell, um, after some interviews, uh, uh, won my mother over. Uh, they were friends, but won her over to release me into the school. And then she interviewed me in regard to would I follow instructions. And being a little kid, I said, sure. Uh, the following year, that uh, enabled uh, uh, us to move into a direction of uh, going to school. And uh, as you've read the story, uh, I'll just say it like this. Um, uh, my mom... was one that would always give you the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> you know, she wasn't always first to judge. She'd kind of, uh, uh, you know, if you say this is what you're going to do, if you're going to teach education, if you're going to try to teach me the math, the, the math uh, reading, arithmetic, things of that nature, mm -hmm. then, you know, it would be, uh, uh, then that's what you should do. But... When I got into the school, that was the furthest from uh, what they were doing. They were indeed uh, training people to uh, become uh, opposite thinkers of uh, our Constitutional Republic and uh, the normal educational field. They were looking into making sure that um, all of us were in that class. There were about 36 kids. Uh, that all of us would be trained uh, in, in, a, in a different way of thinking, and that was in socialism. Well, the thing that struck and me, so, let me stop you for a second, because one of the things that struck me about the story is the, the first, like the tenets of what you were taught. Like, you don't have to listen to your parents. I mean, that was like one of the first things that you were told, wasn't it? That's right. And the, just the family structure, it was this encroachment into it like right. it was subservient to right. everything else i mean that's a huge step isn't it yeah well yes it is and uh, of course you know that that was not my mom's teaching i better listen <laughs> 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 you know and uh, you know my mom's family like any uh, 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 uh nucleus of a family was uh, mom and dad were the head and this is what was to be uh, uh, listened to and, and adhered to, and also the faith of Christianity was to be listened to as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, everything in regard to what was said was opposite from uh, America, and it, of course at that time Vietnam was going on, so they were against the war. Mm -hmm. uh, family, as you heard, uh, uh, that... Um, not to listen to my mother anymore, but actually that they were to be our authority. Um, uh, just just all of the pillars of our great nation was not to be listened to anymore, but that they had a new way of thinking, a new idea. Uh, the 
principal of that school who came and was, I only saw it twice, was uh, Bill Ayers, the um, uh, very uh, flamboyant and very charismatic leader of uh, uh, SDS, Students for Democratic Society, and uh, of course uh, is known for the terrorist group, the Weatherman Underground, which bombed federal installations all over the nation. And uh, so uh, I've met him twice um, and uh, was, uh, you know, he was not the central figure, but he was enough there that you you knew. Uh, now I realize you knew that uh, he was the main uh, instigator of that school. But Diane Otten and others, teachers that were there at the time, of course, were carrying out the instructions. Mm-hmm. And uh, so... Well, you know, one of the things that... Another thing that echoes to today, I mean, we're listening to... Or at least the school system doesn't seem to want to encourage people to be independent thinkers or to be the best at something. And, you know, we're getting rid of valedictorians. We're giving everybody trophies. And I see echoes of that, the things that you were taught. There's a quote in your um, in your your pamphlet that really speaks to me. And you were told when you first walked in, and I quote, my teacher told us in normal schools only 10% of students get good grades. Our new school would be different. Everyone would get good grades. This would be more fair. We must work together to find answers, and no one would work on their own. That's what we're seeing now, or isn't it? I mean, this is what the education system is doing. Yeah, um, you know, a a, a real collectivism. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the open classroom it was not introduced by Bill Ayers, and it was introduced by another person. Uh, was the main uh, institution that they were using. Uh, in fact, a number of us, we were not encouraged to sit a, at an individual desk, but at a table where eight of us would sit together. And, uh, uh, you know, this um, uh, did not allow for critical thinking or individualism. It, you know, it, 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 it did really allow for collectivism and even more, of course, consensus, mm. you know. And, um, uh, yeah, a lot of what you're hearing out in, in our society, a lot of buzzwords, things of that nature, without getting into it right now, um, yeah, a lot of that was indeed heard uh, for the first time seven years old in 1969 at, um, at Children's Community School. And um, it, it's... Uh, it's actually very uh, uh, sobering, <laughs> yeah. you know, if I can use that word, to uh, see how um, uh, how agendas that were uh, introduced, not just in the 60s, but a little bit earlier, have kind of manifested in our great nation. And... Uh, uh, for for the sheer purpose to to indeed, Doctor George calls us to be against each other instead of listening to each other. You know, mm-hmm. um, um, you know, I've I've heard uh, uh, 
I've had conversations with people who, um, you know, have a different way of thinking than I have uh, politically or uh, faith-wise and, you know, have been able to move beyond, uh, you know, uh, 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 differences and try to work things out. But I've always had a problem with people who come from what I was being trained, socialists and communism, Marxism type ways. Uh, the indoctrination is such that there really is no middle ground. And that, that concerns me right now, you know, because, um, you know, there are problems that I believe, you know, we can as a nation, uh, whether we agree uh, you know that we can solve. You mm-hmm. know, and uh, such such ideology seems to be getting in the way. I couldn't agree more. On that note, let's take a break and come back. You're listening to Medicine on Call. Welcome back to Medicine on Call. We're speaking with, I'm sorry, Reverend Matthew Cummings. Uh, you know, speaking uh, two months ago. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and actually most people uh, uh, are surprised because I do, when I do preach, I'm full of passion. But when I don't, I'm actually pretty quiet, Lord knows. So that probably gets me in more trouble because I'm not as boisterous as when I'm on the, you know, when I'm preaching or speaking. Mm-hmm in a public setting um and so um you know um i'm i'm very much uh you know i uh, a little bit on beyond that i'm just going to say this Uh, you know i went to groundland state university in uh uh, louisiana uh predominantly black school and uh for two and a half years and transferred to the University of Houston. But just quickly, it was at GSU we looked at everything, history and everything, because history was my major from a black man's perspective. And um, I really found during that time that in order for uh, the nation to make it, it's not that you had to be right of center. That's not where I'm going with it mm-hmm. politically. But but that what our parents taught us lined up more to be more modest and conservative, you know. Uh, and so even though history spoke of certain things and and you know the facts are the facts, you know I you know I concluded with that that. Uh, that it would be wiser if we had uh, people who were more conservative uh, uh, in order to to maintain the nation and even to maintain certain groups of people, if I may say it like that, you know. And so um, uh, that got me on a path to begin to look at things and uh, yes, I did grow up Christian, but by the time I got to college, one, you know, usually during those years you get a little bit lukewarm. <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, uh, Louis Farrakhan came to the school and spoke, and uh, although uh, I liked certain things, he was 
mixing up scripture and saying some things, and it kind of stirred a bunch of stuff. And actually, the Lord started using that to bring me back to Himself. When I transferred to U of H, that's when I uh, got back in right relationship with Christ. And um, uh, uh, the Lord showed up in my room, which is a whole other story, I'll just say it like that, and uh, I was never the same. And so the word conservative became actually conservative, (laughs) (laughs) you know, during that time. But, uh, you know, uh, always looking to try to find solutions um, to benefit, uh, not in a collective way, but individual. I don't like this word because people are fighting over it, but I'll say it to be more free thinking. <laughs> yes. Know, um, to, to analyze, uh, uh, to be able to see a situation and to realize that because, you know, if there's five of us in the room, all of us are going to see the situation different, then, you know, we should try to. Uh, talk it out, and and, and, yeah, you know, we're not going to agree on everything, but that's okay, you know, uh, I believe with that in prayer, uh, you know, uh, the right thing will be found, but yeah, you know, I've always hit the same problem with with Marxist ways of thinking. It is only their way, and that's it, And, and it becomes violent quickly, and you're you know, now Bill Ayers uh, was get was gotten off of uh, his bombing, federal bombing, as a weatherman underground. And for those who do know, he got his tenure at the University of Chicago in Illinois, and is one of the principal um, curriculum uh, uh, regulators. I'll say it like that four public schools all over our nation. That's incredible. And so, uh, yeah, and so, you know, uh, almost all of uh, what, you know, where the public school is right now is because he's he's a part of that fabric for curriculums, you know, which is very uh, unsettling, if I may say it like that. Well, you kind of see why the direction is moving or has moved in the way that it has. I mean, it's... The history, the history that's being taught is, it's victimology 101. Everybody's a victim, and you know, white people did it to everybody, and right. they're the enemy. And everything yeah. we're seeing the statues being torn down. You know, my thing is, if you don't know what your history is, you're doomed to repeat it. And that's right. We're not the same. I would rather be here than anywhere else in the world, as a black woman. Period. End right. of story. Nothing. Nothing's perfect, but we have mm-hmm. the ability to make it so because we have the individuality the freedom well hopefully freedom of speech freedom of thought freedom of expression that's a huge thing these guys don't believe in that at all if you poke your head up you're getting it lopped off we see this where and hollywood and the rest of these these groups if anybody speaks against the the tide they come for them pretty quickly now imagine that being extrapolated to other parts of our society. If you're a physician, if you're a lawyer, if you're a pastor and you're actually speaking your truth, someone gets offended by it and you just get removed. That's a, that's mm-hmm. a very frightening prospect. I don't care what political or, or economic or religious persuasion you are, everybody should stand up and take notice about that. Yep. Yes, indeed. 
And so, you know, it's uh, um, realizing uh, for those who don't know, most probably do, but Diane Houghton, who was my uh, teacher, actually also babysat for me at times, um, took a special interest in seeing that I would uh, uh, basically become, I would say, uh, a, a, a little socialist. <laughs> Um, uh, was very much uh, involved in uh, not only teaching, but also had visited South and Central America, had been very much encouraging um, uh, the Marxist moves in South and Central America and uh, became radicalized. Uh, not only was Bill Ayers a uh, lover, uh, one of several lovers eventually, but uh, got to such a place that she became the bomb maker for the women underground, you know, one of the main bomb makers for the women underground, and died in the famous Greenwich Village uh, 1970 bombing where her and several other of her, uh, uh, her uh, fellow women underground people were planning on doing some serious havoc to federal buildings, and but the bomb went off while she was actually preparing it. And so um, violence, the history of Marxism and communism uh, around the world is it, it will always end in violence because the word revolution is always uh, set in the DNA of socialism and communism. And, you know, so many people, uh, you know, I hear uh, good, common-sense people uh, hearing this word socialist and hearing the word communist, and you can see it in their face. Isn't this just a conspiracy? They really think <laughs> that, you're, huh? you're like, no, it's not. <laughs> it's not a conspiracy. It's real. And its purpose is to bring down everything that we know in our great nation. And you're right. It is not only left, it is people who are right as well. It's people who really don't want, uh, you know, the average American to, frankly, get the opportunity for prosperity. It's like it's a bad word. You know, <laughs> being successful, you should want to sublimate that. Somehow you're your success takes away from something, somebody else. It's like you should be embarrassed about it, which is weird. You know, back in the day when I was a little kid, instead of, you always wanted to do well so you could have more. It wasn't to take away from other people. Now it's, you're the worst person because you want to get ahead, you want to work hard, you want to improve yourself. That's actually against the group. That's just such a strange mentality. It's like the opposite of what right. you think it should be. And now I kind right. of understand all these kids in college. Now I understand their mindset because it was just so foreign that you're sitting in, you're 1% of the population, the, some of the best schools in our country, and yet you're a victim and nothing's changed. We're still living in the 50. I just couldn't even understand how people can even think that way when my mom had to go through the back door, couldn't try on clothes, had to sit in the balcony. That was reality for my mom she didn't instill right. that in me she said you need to be better work harder be twice as good no excuses right. that's that's my reality and i don't think 
living in the past is helping anybody. It's just making people well, angry. You're right. Well, yeah. Let's see, victimization and, and identity politics and and uh, the. Uh, I, uh, I'll just yeah, I'll just say it. I do not understand why anyone who is uh, black is a socialist or communist because we were not brought up that way. Um, and so uh, to, to uh, you know, most who have gone to Russia, most blacks who have gone to Russia were given a little bit of money, but they weren't treated good. <laughs> In fact, they were happy to be home mm. to try to institute uh, uh, the teaching because of the financial support that they were given. But really, they were not treated better. And uh, the reality is that uh, the moment um, uh, things have were brought to uh, where socialism has gained more, they've seemed to be forgotten. I'm talking about you know people are black who mm -hmm. become socialists. Mm -hmm. And so it's always troubled me, you know, uh, to see that. Um, this isn't a black-white thing, but I'm just commenting. Uh, as one who happens to be black, I've never understood that. We are not a people that, that have ever gained from not being, I'll say this, individual, from not being critical thinkers, from not seeing things and being able to, to address it in the matter that does benefit us and does push us forward, you know. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, uh, yeah. so uh, at the end of the day, I've, you know, I always shake my head when I am talking with, uh, you know, a fellow uh, brother, and the Lord, or a brother who is expounding uh, socialist ideas, because the history does the true historical fact does not back up. You know what's being expounded on, and um, so that you know that that's why this time that we're in. Um, uh, it, it is personal for me uh, because um, I'm seeing my nephews and nieces, or cousins, excuse me, cousins, uh, whom was brought up right, and their kids uh, uh, growing up in a foreign land almost now. America's on, you know, um, everything has been against people who've made, you know, made themselves financially well and and have, have tried to develop a legacy, Dr. George, for others, you know. And that's the issue right there. Socialism and communism looks to destroy a financial legacy. An independence. And, um, you know, I, I, you know, it troubles me like anything. Uh, how much our our people have struggled, and then the legacy continues to be uh, tried to be addressed in a manner that um, 
that, uh, you know, you shouldn't have a legacy. Uh, we should all think and become one. When we're not supposed to be one in the matter of, of, of Marxism, but actually as individuals, we're supposed to strive for the best. That's what our Constitutional Republic is all about. I agree. So. On that note, let's take a break, because when we come back, I want to talk about how faith is integral in working against this type of a system. So let's take a break. You're listening to Medicine on Call. Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare. But for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call. And I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose. And with a maximum of $500 out of pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, you can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected. Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today. Welcome back to Medicine on Call. We're speaking with Ms. I'm sorry, Reverend Matthew Cummings. And before the break, Reverend, I think you were really teasing apart something very important. We're in a society now where faith is a bad word. But if you really think about Christianity specifically, what really strikes me is that it's about freedom of, of choice. You, you choose to follow God. And it's all about the individual and your, your relationship with God. That is really counter to the socialist con, con, uh, communist mindset where the state is God, where the government is the one you should be looking to. God is in opposition to that. And even looking at your reading, your history, the, those four tenets that you were taught, you know, this anti-establishment list that, that was the under the foundation of your education and, and, um, in the school, family, faith, American exceptionalism, American exceptionalism, and the fact that the government was, was at the time of Vietnam, the government was evil, but basically they want the government to control everything. That's, you know, I now understand why Christians are under siege, because that's the antithesis of what they do or think. Well, yes, that's it. And um, uh, faith plays such a, Christianity uh, plays such a, a played such a major role for our founding fathers. It's true they were not perfect; they made many mistakes, but uh, they relied on their faith to guide them to bring moral ethics in in there and. Uh, 
Um, you know, in regard to um, uh, how uh, this great nation was able to make it, the faith was the fabric of our, uh, you know, of of our uh, of our nation. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, in order to to fundamentally change the nation, you have to attack the foundations, and the biggest part of that is the Christian faith and the idea that, uh, yes, our relationship is with God, but also that God's given us free will to govern ourselves. And uh, as you know, uh, socialism says that we cannot govern ourselves. The state must govern us. And that we cannot be relied to thank for ourselves. The state must give us what to thank. And so, you know, um, that's why uh, the attack on Christianity is so uh, uh, vital uh, to for uh, uh, socialists and communists to to gain the upper hand in our great constitutional republic. And uh, uh, one of the problems that Christians have is. Uh, most don't know the Bible, <laughs> unfortunately, and but even more, most don't have the understanding of their identity in Christ and in God. You know how God deems people so important. You know, vital, mm-hmm. and a part of that, of course, is that we're all made uniquely and wonderfully made, and we have intelligence and thought and idea but even more creativity you know and uh, you know uh, you know the ability to to see something and then be able to to uh, figure out ways to to bring what we've thought into the natural you know what I'm saying well. you know that's absolutely awesome how a person can get an idea and 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 be able uh, with uh, uh, the opportunity to bring it into the natural, you know, from thought to to reality, if I may say it like that. It's it's a brilliant uh, but, thing. You know, the state doesn't want that. Uh, according to communists, the state wants everything to be controlled, and everything that you do must indeed line up with uh, with, sub- with subjugating the masses. And therefore, Christianity must be put down oh, you, it's, in, its, in, its, in its tenets, in its fundamental tenets. Well, if you think about the, the juxtaposition of that, it's almost like technicolor versus black and white, right? You know, mm-hmm. with, but they use these euphemisms, these um, word Language is actually a weapon in that system. When they say right. fairness, it's not what you and I think of fairness to be. It's just what you described, it's subjugation, it's corralling, it's sublimating yourself, it's stopping your freedom of expression because it goes against the narrative. Mm-hmm. And you're right, it does prevent violence because we're seeing that all over the country where people go out to demonstrate and they end up getting beaten, they end up getting attacked spit on, you can't even go to a restaurant anymore. This is the system that's unfolding. And I'm really right. kind of shocked. Well, I guess I shouldn't be. But where's the pushback on this? Maybe not from the individual level, but from the government level. 
right? I mean, we're not in a socialist system yet. Why are these people allowed to abuse other people and not go to jail, not be, you know, Antifa should be a terrorist organization, for example, because that's all they do is foment violence. So mm-hmm. what's the story with that? Do you think that we've already moved in that direction, that it's we're just paying lip service to being a democracy or republic at this point? Well, you know, I, I, actually, it's if I may go back just a little, the first time I heard political correctness, which was about 20-something years ago, uh, having lived in Europe for a little bit, uh, that word was a buzzword that's been in Europe for years, political correctness. Mm. In other words, uh, uh, trying to legislate behavior, thought, and idea, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. uh, by uh, basically uh, intimidating uh, free talk and conversation out in the public. Um, in other words, just as just as you just said, Doctor George, your expressions being uh, uh, shut down if it doesn't line up with what the society is thinking that moment. That all came from Europe, and so actually, you know, we've been moving towards the United States of Europe. Can I give just a small example, please? Out here in Washington and. <laughs> Washington is is looking more like Europe than it is America. They're doing roundabouts everywhere. Now the word roundabout that that's actually from Europe. I'm giving just a small example. Roundabouts to control traffic, to control speed, even though it seems like an off thought. Think about it. Mm-hmm. Um uh, it, it would seem that, sorry for going off for a minute, but yes, I'm a pastor, so, you know. It's all good. <laughs> you know? <You're> loud. <laughs> but, you know, just quickly, um, we've had, we've seen in just where we live in our little part of Washington, now Spokane all the way up to where we're living in uh, a place called uh, Marble. Kettle Falls area, roundabouts are being put everywhere. And I'm going, why do I feel like I'm back in France? <laughs> <laughs> or the Netherlands, come on. Or England. Or, uh, you know, um, where you couldn't control speed, so you had to redirect, uh, you know, how things are going. Where the laws that were that were in the books are not enough, so now everything is a roundabout here, you know. And most people, the average American who's just trying to make it, you know, mm-hmm. uh, working hard, trying to put food on the table, doesn't realize where the word roundabout comes from. That's Europe, and Europe has been under social democratic thinking for close to 100 years now you know and so you know it's 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 like uh uh even even in something like that that's how it's instituted you know and that's where we're at everything that uh was in europe that i saw 25 30 years ago is now here and yes, I'm going to say it. That that kind of scares me. 
because you know I like you know even though I like the America that we've grown up in you know that yes you can choose to follow the law or you could choose to break it and if you choose to break it you are going to get caught but not okay since since we believe you cannot make your own decision, we're going to make the decisions for you. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, yes, I went off, and and I, I probably went way around from what you were asking. No. So forgive me for that, Dr. No, George, not at all. It, it's, it's, the examples are what people really can hang their hat on. Everything is, well, is happening in so... It's like you're inundated. You can't even get away from just get a perspective. So let's talk a little bit about, I think, how it's unfolding. You just described Europe and America, right? There are schools yeah. you're not even allowed to say the Pledge of Allegiance or sing the national anthem or wear a shirt with the United States flag on it in your own country because it offends right. somebody. I mean, that's shocking to me. But now I understand the mindset. It's about us giving up our individuality our identity for uh, for the whole. Now, is that whole mm -hmm. Europe? Is it globalism? I mean, what is it that we're supposed to be sublimating to exactly? You know, do they want well, the whole world know, to I, be socialist? Well, uh, I would say, you know, I would say globalism. Um, uh, and of course, uh, yeah, globalism. I, you know, I'd stick to that globalism. That that's the, you know, that's what's. Uh, America cannot be defeated militarily. Mm -hmm. So everything is in accordance with uh, uh, subtly uh, setting things in place to yeah. remove our freedoms, to change our mindsets. That's our education part. To uh, to. Uh, uh, bring about uh, change from within uh, and unfortunately um, because most of us uh, uh, who are I still would hope to say uh, are um, uh, not just God fearing but just have a uh, uh, and you know an interest to see uh, uh, prosperity and things of that nature in our nation. Most of us are too busy, um, just you know, trying to make sure that we can uh, put food on the table for our families. So as things are happening subtly more, even though it's not subtle for me and you, it's subtle for many people. Mm -hmm. um, uh, instead of kind of having a red flag rise up. They just go with it. Exactly. Because, you know, it doesn't seem to, in the short term, in their mind and in their thought, it doesn't seem to actually affect them, even though they don't realize freedoms are being lost every day because people are not engaged and not educated. I, I think you're, you've just hit... The, I think the root problem, it's that engagement. It's the feeling that I, everything I, I do matter and I can make a statement and it, it, I can make a change. I think people just feel so helpless of what, what can I do? What's the point? I'll just go along because it's easier. 
but it's not. And, you know, I know we talked a lot about the problem, but you actually have been working with solutions with the Convergence Project. And I want to take a very short break, and I want us to, to talk about your Convergence Project, because that's, that's a solution. Let's take a break. You're listening to Medicine on Call. health insurance was the promise of Obamacare. But for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call, and I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose. And with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, you can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected. Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today. Welcome back to Medicine on Call. We're speaking with Reverend Matthew Cummings. And Reverend, I know that you've been working on this. It's a vision that you've had for like 20 years, right? The Convergence Project. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, it's the idea that um, uh, as, as one who's conservative, instead of complaining, <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. and, uh, 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 and trying to... Um, uh, just find political points that uh, actually there are a number of us, uh, I believe, across the country that are seeing the problems, are seeing what's going on, and, um, you know, that we need to begin to uh, move in a direction, uh, doesn't matter where you're at uh, economically, uh, to... Uh, see things changed and so uh, convergence project and then uh, I'm adding also if you don't mind what's called the self-reliance initiative is all in accordance to one thing if I'm conservative and I'm and I have the truth then why not uh, set a different vision than where things are at um, I, I, I'm not looking for Republican or Democrat to settle the issue I believe that that as as people not only of faith but people who have good excuse the expression good common sense <laughs> that you know that we actually can see this ship turned around and so the interest has been uh, to uh, talk with um, uh, doctors, lawyers, uh, bankers. Um, uh, people who have business, um, people who are savvy in stewardship of money, uh, things of that nature, to see we can't uh, uh, come together and begin to to work to help people come off of dependency. 
for the federal government. Uh, if, if, if a person is struggling, why not find a different alternative way to help them uh, come off of uh, dependency and get back to uh, uh, not just dignity, but, you know, able to work and, uh, and create what I have been in long discussion with uh, uh, a number of uh, men and women about legacy. You know, mm-hmm. you know that 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 that's that's something that that has been the forefront in my heart. You know, if we continue down this path, millions are going to be wiped out uh, financially because they don't have the proper tools for legacy for families. And so this, the uh, Convergence Project and the Self-Reliance Initiative uh, together, I believe, uh, begins the process to see things turned around. There is one thing, though. For me, I cannot do any kind of raising financially with the federal government because <laughs> I've seen mm-hmm. all the strings that are with that. Mm-hmm. So it has to be done through private enterprise and uh, things of that nature. Um, so that's a hurdle road. Uh, I've, I've had discussions with people, Republicans and friends of mine who were supposed to be uh, what I thought uh, astute and were discussing uh, uh, how to get money going and do you know, one of the people said to me, and this is just me personally, this is something I have as a conviction. I'm saying how I can't, you know, I could use my uh, race as an issue to raise money to the government, but that's just not where I'm at, mm-hmm. you know, because I have a conviction that that's not the, that that's just not the way I can do it. And right after I'm talking this, and this is with someone that you would consider conservative, Fisk, I mean, Fisky, conservative, real conservative. You know what they said to me? No. Well, why don't you why don't you apply for a federal loan because you're black? <laughs> <laughs> We've just been through a three or four hour conversation. Why I can't? And then that's what's said. Listen, I'm not against other people who do that. That's not my mm-hmm. my point. Uh, I'm just making a point here that for me. It's a conviction from heaven that I can't do it that way because there's too many strings involved. But even more, I don't want to lose my voice exactly. speaking, uh, you know, as, as a conservative. And but even more, speaking as a free-thinking person. Mm-hmm. So it's a harder way that we're doing things. Um, a website will be up in the next uh, month or two, uh, and uh, we're. Uh, it's been several years since talking about the Convergence Project, and of course, uh, I've introduced another portion of that, the Self-Reliance Initiative, but we're uh, just beginning to see uh, others that are interested in seeing people who are in what I call the welfare mindset mm-hmm. to come off of it. Now, if someone has been getting assistance and I know that our time is short, but if someone's been getting uh, assistance from the federal government to two or three or four generations, you can't just break them off and say, here, go get a job. (laughs) Thoughts, things have to be done 
uh, uh, you, you know, you have to destroy a mindset, thoughts, and I, you know, uh, the way things are set up. Right. So that's what the Convergence Project and Self Reliance Initiative is about: is formulating a initiative that enables people to come off gently, uh, to help where we can, to get them education, to get conservatives. Who are in the the, the trade to uh, uh, begin to help train people, you know, uh, in the different fields, and uh, uh, eventually, uh, um, in a five-year uh, uh, program or initiative, uh, you know, begin to see certain ways of thinking removed and replaced with uh, self-confidence. Um, self-reliance and uh, work and uh, uh, you know uh, people beginning to be as we were taught when we were younger you know that uh, you know you work hard mm-hmm. uh, it's 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 nice if you're able to pull yourself up by your own bootstraps that's good but don't forget everyone gets some help sometime exactly and, and they shouldn't be afraid to ask for it you know that's it, right. I would love to have you come back on when that initiative and that website is up because I want people to really be able to go to it and actually, you know, donate to it. it, it can you tell us the website so people can, can start, you know, bookmarking that and going to it now, or is that not yeah, available? Uh, well, uh, it's, it's, it's actually uh, um, it's going to be under what's called M.A. Cummings LLC Entertainment Events and More. Mm-hmm. Uh, now it's for-profit business, but a non-profit heart. There's nothing wrong and, with being uh, for-profit, right? We just nothing huh? wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. It no. actually helps you help more people. Yeah, and and so uh, a good portion of that is the the small. Uh, uh, all of that book that you got were written in pamphlets over years. I'm actually taking uh, Diane Auten, Bill Ayers, and am, am now moving towards writing it in a book form, a real book. Excellent. So, uh, so by October, uh, it'll be out, and the website should be ready by then as well. Well, Dr. I'm sorry, Reverend Cummings, thank you so much for coming on. I want to have you back on to go up to discuss everything once the book comes out, the website comes out, so that we can be a source, a resource for you as well. God bless sure. you, and thank you so much for your time. Dr. George, thanks for having me on. Thank God you. Bless. Thank you for listening to Medicine on Call. Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Promoting peace, liberty, and prosperity around the clock. LibertyTalk.fm Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Promoting peace, liberty, and prosperity around the clock. LibertyTalk.fm